Yes. When we go see Insidious tomorrow, I kind of want to get drunk instead of high. Same. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Okay. Because lately, yeah, like, yeah. I think I'm just getting like I get too high before the movies, and it'll like obviously all horror movie has like a tinge of emotional um like tendency. Seriousness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh and. I just get too in my head, obviously, like last time when we saw the boogeyman. And I literally stepped outside, you guys, to call my mother because I was convinced that the movie was telling me that she had it gotten in a car crash. <laughs> it was I was like, like a... this is literally a premonition for me. And your so, mom was like, what? What? <laughs> what do you want? I thought you were at the movies. I'm like, are you dead? <laughs> I love you. She's like, okay. <laughs> She's so funny. Okay. Anyways. Anyways. You had some some things you wish to discuss. Hi guys. Hello. Welcome to On a Grassy Knoll. You have returned. We have returned. I have arrived. I have arrived. Um, the knoll is currently a little bit windy. But it's nice out. It's nice out. It's nice out. Yeah. Well, it's it's a little warm, but it's the, little bre- warm. It, the breeze is nice. I like the breeze, especially like yeah. at night. It feels yeah. nice. Like yesterday when oh, we left yeah. Dude, it felt really good last night. So nice. Um just in case you guys are new listeners, I'm Bailey. And I'm Nini Tortellini. Yes. Hello. I'm like, do I have a funny end all name? Bailey Schmaley. That's what you are in my contact. Really? So, yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's that picture of you like double fisting some drinks at the <laughs> I-, <laughs> I love it. Okay. So, what I wanted to talk about first and foremost yes. was have you seen that video of that woman on American Airline plane freaking the fuck out? Girl. That who shit, hasn't seen it it gave me the creeps it gave me the creeps and the fact that like whoever was recording it from their angle you couldn't see where she was pointing mm-hmm. at necessarily mm-hmm. i was like yeah i was like um suspicious. and everybody was like dude she because um a lot of people i saw like story time i was on the flight but like anybody could fucking say that yeah, truly. um i saw a lot of people saying that she was drunk or she had been drinking beforehand and so she had kind of fallen asleep and one of her airpods had like fallen out of her ear and so then she accused the guy next to her of stealing it and that when the air like the um flight attendant came over he was the person that wasn't real oh yeah that like his eyes blinked like instead of like um like normal instead of yeah like uh horizontally mm-hmm. no no instead of vertically like open close it was horizontal oh. like a lizard yeah and then i was like mm, this sounds like QAnon bullshit <laughs> like yeah. the second i the second i heard that i was like oh. a lizard oh yeah, yeah. No, you lost me but like it was weird because she was like that motherfucker right there isn't real i'm like how drunk do you have to be at the airport to like i don't know it just it's weird there's I don't a know. lot of there's a lot of um speculation speculation it's a uh, it's pretty bizarre. Everybody, of course, was like, Final Destination. But I'm like, no, that's not how Final Destination went. No. They, it was a premonition that the plane was going to go down. Yeah, literally. Not that there was a fake person no. on the plane. <laughs> so that's strike one. But yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it might have been one of those things where, like you said, maybe she had been drinking like before the flight. Because I've done that. Yeah. Like at the airport, sometimes you get yeah. too fucking early and yeah. you're going to like That's completely normal. But it's like, how drunk do you have to be yeah, to like, or what else cause you... such a scene? Because I mean, like, what else she's going to be mixing? like on a no flight list from now on. Yeah. Like, what else were you mixing with that ahead um, of ahead of the time? Maybe like a Xanax or something. Ahead of the time before you got even to the airport, maybe. If there was something still in your system, like, you, you know, Some people I up. see on TikTok, are, they're like, oh, I took my edible before the flight. And I'm like, fuck. No, I would have the worst anxiety on a plane because I already have bad anxiety on like flying. Oh God, no! Me I... when uh, the, like when I went to Portland with Tyler when I went to go see Orville Peck with uh-huh. um, Julian Carlos. Hi guys, uh, speaking. Hi Carlos. He listens. Hi Carlos. Um, so yeah, when we went to go see Orville Peck, um, my dad dropped me off at the airport and I had <laughs> I had a 100 milligram shot and I was like, 
You're and fucking we're gonna, I was insane, like, we're going to have this before we go through TSA. Everything was cool, blah, blah, blah. I get to, like, the little, like, at LAX, they have a Golden Road, like, brewing restaurant. Oh, do they? Yeah, and, like, the they have, like, you know, all the beers and everything. And I was like, cool, I'm going to get a fucking, I got a beer, and I got, like, a, a sandwich or something. Okay. And I take maybe two sips of the beer, and I was like, oh, no. Oh, no. It's, it's coming. <laughs> it's here. It's here, dude. She's coming. She's coming. And um, it was just it was just creeping. And then by the time Tyler got there, I was like almost a little bit nonverbal for really? a second. Like I was like oh. me when I had a blinker. And he looked at me funny and he was like, okay. I was like, I'm sorry, I'm a little high. Like I, I had this I had this thing in the in the bathroom before I went up to before I went up Some to the offered me a, a really cute pill and I just had to take and it. And then I was like, Do you want to watch Scream? And he was like, Yeah, sure. And then we watched Scream on the floor. I love that. But yeah, no, my eyes were like, <laughs> like I Same. know she was moving in slow motion for me, and I was like, Whoa. when you say that you're high, I know that you're fucking. High. Yeah, I do. Yeah. So. It was a it was a good time, but also I have yes, something please. to discuss. What did you want to talk about? Um, you hear that Allison Mack got out of prison? Are you for real? Yeah. Why? She was supposed to serve a three year sentence, but they let her off on two. This is Allison Mack from Nexium. Um, yes. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she Jesus just got out like yesterday. Nice, bro. Mm-hmm. Did the leader of Nexium is he still in prison? He's still in prison. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think they're still. I think they're met. Still but I mean, trial. like she was his literal like right hand man. Yes, she was like the she was the the one that would like reel you in. Yeah. Really, yeah, like, lure like, the oh, women in. You're so beautiful. Blah blah blah. You should meet so and so. And I'm just like, that's fucking great. Well, I'm like, I'm I'm interested to see how she tries to make a comeback right. with this. I um, hope she doesn't. Yeah, I, I know she's going to, and it's going to be, like, you know, miserable, and it's, like, I hope it doesn't, like, take off. Because, right. dude, no, like, I don't think you can come back from something like No, but like then that, again, it's kind of like a, a double-edged sword, because obviously, well, we don't know, like, the true inside of Scientology, but, like, Nexium was very Scientology, like... Yeah, adjacent. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, And they're fine and dandy and everybody just kind of accepts it for what it is so maybe they'll be like ah you served your time i can't wait to see what fucking like streaming service she pairs with for her like expose bullshit because you know there's gonna be like my side and like i was manipulated i was a victim and i'm like yeah okay i get that but then you became the the abuser as well yeah yeah, exactly that's that's where it's not cool once you become the abuser you lose a little bit of that sympathy yeah i'm like i don't necessarily feel as feels bad yeah so that was that was my bit i was like oh that's interesting interesting yeah yeah oh we have a ghost at work also oh really yeah Let's talk about this in the outro. Yes. Okay. Um, we will be back after, after these, these messages. Messages. Beep. Okay. Cool. Uh-huh. We're back. What are we drinking tonight? Today we decided to kick it old school. Kick it, kick it classic, if you will. We're keeping it real with the the grassy knoll. A Moscow mule. Our Moscow signature mule. bev. Our signature cock. cocktail. Yes, absolutely. Which that episode's really funny. I know it is. That. It is funny. Also, Haunts and Tings was a really funny title, and I'm a little. And you guys are like kind of fucking it. it up for mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Go listen to our old episodes. Like, if you're a new listener, please. Obviously, our first episode is the worst because it's our first fucking episode. But like, give us a chance, bro. Yeah, I think. Well, we did like the first like mini mini intro episode yeah, and mini then, episode. Like, the actual one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, if you're if you're new and you picked up on like last week's episode give us give our back catalog a listen yeah you know it's it's really you gotta good. get to know us you gotta get to know us you, you gotta, gotta get know, to know our lore the lore i mean you know some we're people all about call it here. trauma we call it lore we call it lore so, so if you want to know us and have us become your your friends by extension mm. please 
listen to the early episodes. Please. Um, okay, it's it's paranormal party time. It's paranormal party. Push me. Um, this week. Yes. I prepared a sort of summer-based case. Ooh, okay. Um, inspired by the heat wave that Love we've it. had for like the last couple last yeah. few weeks. Mm. Um, we're kicking it old school today. And we're spending time with arguably one of the most good-looking and talented actors of his time. Oh. Mr. James Byron Dean. Oh, okay. Who you should know. Bow, 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 bow. Was an Aquarius. Wow. February 8th, 1931. Aquarius men are known to be very handsome. I like, mean, I mean, have you seen the man? Yeah, no, way. truly. Um, so I used he, to have a, a poster of him. Really? Yeah, because my room used to be like old Hollywood. Like when I was in like fifth grade, I think. I love uh, that he's like the door for the, or like that little like mural at the movie theater that we go mm, to. Remember? Yeah. I love, mm -hmm. it's him and Marilyn. Yeah, Marilyn, side, right? yeah. yeah. I, I love it. So our boy James Dean was born February 8th, 1931 in Marion, Indiana to parents Winton and Mildred Dean. Winton? Winton. Yeah, not Winston. Winton. Winton. Yeah, let's. I think they just missed the S on the. <laughs> I, I checked. No, it was it was Winton. <laughs> no, like on the birth certificate, oh, they yeah. missed it. Yeah. They were like, wait, oh, you said Winston. Winston. We put Winton. We put Winton. And we don't have any more papers, so. It's like 1931. I don't think Whiteout was invented yet. So <laughs> oh, they, they just like, just Imagine go with you it. see Whiteout on your fucking birth certificate. <laughs> so just go with it, I guess. You'll it's grow like, into it. Did you ever know. um Macy or what was her name? Yeah, I think her name was Nacy in high school. That sounds familiar. And she was like, "No, my name was literally supposed to be Nancy, and my parents forgot the N on my birth certificate, so like, I'm Nacy." <laughs> I was like, like, "That's not real," but she's like, "No, like, I'm." Be like, and she was very like cut and dry about it. I was like, "Oh, yeah, you don't like this." My my dad messed up my last name on on my birth certificate. Are you serious? So I had to I had to go through like a bunch of changes like as an infant oh to get God. to get like my right paperwork because he put a J instead of a G. <laughs> I was like, Dad, come on, no. This is Random your last. This is your Ms. last Ms. name, Dad. This is your last name, dude. Come on. Okay. So, um, when James was five years old, the family moved to California okay. for work. Uh, but sadly, Mildred Dean passed away just three years into the move mm, to California. That so sucks. He was like a small child. Yeah. Um, devastated, obviously, by the loss. Yeah. Um, he moved back to Fairmount, Indiana, where he was raised by his aunt and uncle Aww. on a small farm. Wait, so he, he just dipped on his dad? Mm -hmm. I wonder if there was like an abusive relationship or yeah. I wonder, yeah, I couldn't find like a whole lot more backstory, like apart from like ebooks and stuff, mm. and I didn't have access to it. Gotcha. But um, yeah, so he just went back back home and he graduated high school and then he went back to Los Angeles. Oh, okay. So uh, during the late 40s, he studied at the Santa Monica Junior College in UCLA, as well as attending um, acting classes at James Whitmore's workshop. Okay. Um, and he was an actor. He started in movies like 1950s The Asphalt Jungle with Marilyn Monroe and 1968's Planet of the Apes. Really? As well as 1994's The Shawshank Redemption. Really? He was he was Brooks. Huh. Yeah. I've never seen it. Mm -hmm. You've never seen The Shawshank Redemption? No. I know. I know. E.T. Whatever. I shouldn't even. I shouldn't even. We'll, we'll talk about You're that. such a fucking dad, bro. You know what Nini told me earlier? She said that she fell asleep watching the Wham! documentary. I was like, okay, Doug, my father. <laughs> and then earlier, no, yesterday, we were listening to like 70s. It was summer hits of the 70s. Okay. <laughs> and it was on Spotify. And it had bangers. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what? You don't want to listen to ELO <laughs> before we go get really high? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 
sure. <laughs> okay. So this would be a pivotal moment for James Dean, who took uh, James Whitmore's advice, and he actually moved to New York to pursue a serious acting career oh. in the winter of 1951. Okay. In 1951, he wrote a letter back home to his family to update them on how the training was going. Okay. Quote, I have made great strides in my craft. After months of auditioning, I am very proud to announce that I'm a member of the Actors Studio, the greatest school of the theater. It houses great people like Marlon Brando, Julie Harris, Arthur Kennedy, Mildred Dunnock. Very few get into it, and it's absolutely free. It's the best thing that can happen to an actor. I'm one of the youngest to belong. If I can keep this up and nothing interferes with my progress, one of these days, I might be able to contribute something to the world. It's like... <sighs> I thought he was going to be like, I might be able to buy you guys a house, but no promises. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll get back to you. <laughs> Let me get back to you. <laughs> Just never, like, never send another letter. <laughs> <laughs> never response. Okay, so, while in New York, uh, James performed on Broadway in the 1994 play The Immoralist. The Immoralist. Yeah, I don't know what it's about. I was going to cool. say, yeah. It, it sounds, sounds cool. Um, and it was during this project that he was approached by Warner Brothers Studios for the role of Carl... Cal Trask. I always want to say Carl, but it's Cal because his name is Caleb, but he goes by Cal. Cal, Cal Trask in the movie version of John Steinbeck's East of Eden. Hmm. So this movie would be considered his breakout role, but it was it wasn't until 1955 in Rebel Without a Cause that he really became like a real star and moved oh, back to Hollywood. Gotcha. So damn, so back and forth. Mm-hmm. Make up your fucking mind. And back in the day, I'm like people just used to up and move mm-hmm. like nobody's business. No, literally. And I'm like now it takes like it takes you gotta forever. you gotta take a couple years to yeah. plan mm-hmm. before you even go yeah. anywhere. So pretty much in a little over a year and a half, James Dean was catapulted from like relative anonymity mm-hmm. to like the pop culture lexicon yeah, right. and became the star that we know him as today. Uh, which also I did watch East of Eden recently and it was really, really fucking really <laughs> genuinely one of those old movies that i was like like i love old fuck. movies i was like this is real it was really good it was really sad at the end really? I, got, I got a little, I got a little misty. I was nice. like, oh, it's good. so i won't be watching that maybe not <laughs> <laughs> Actually, um, no okay it's based on like the you know used to be in the book it's, it's loosely based on like cain and abel though so uh, it's like a dueling brother kind of situation gotcha. but it's, it's really good really um, so um since his early youth james dean was a huge fan of motorcycles and when he was 17 he started entering local races to just Ooh. kind of like fuel his his hobby yeah and once he started landing bigger projects he of course indulged in buying cars right so I'm going to throw a lot of, like, vehicles at you right now, but we have Wikipedia to help us with photos. Perfect. Okay, so um, the first thing he purchased was a 1955 Triumph Tiger T110. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I fucked up. I was going to say that number. <laughs> this is what the bike looks like. Very nice. Gorgeous. And he also bought a used... 1953 MG TD sports car. Oh, that's those, cute. Like, Titanic. I like that color cars. too. I know it's super nice. I don't know if it was actually that color. Right, but, right, right. Um, so he bought these two vehicles. Okay. And in March 1955, he actually traded that like old timey green car mm. for a 1955 Porsche Speedster. Okay. That he purchased at Hollywood Ooh. Motors or in Competition Motors in Hollywood. Um, and he traded the Triumph Tiger bike for um another bike. So he traded that first one for this one. Okay. That was a little bit like more it looks more open. Kind yeah. of. It doesn't look as like jam-packed as right, right, right. Um and he traded that bike just three days after he finished filming East of Eden. Oh. Okay. And they filmed in like um where 
Karen's from, from oh, my favorite oh, writer, Petaluma. Um, Petaluma. Yeah, yeah, they filmed in Petaluma, Paso Robles, uh, Monterey, really? like Salinas. They really filmed oh, wow. in all those places. I'm like, that's cool as fuck. So um, once film, before filming started for Rebel Without a Cause, okay. he competed in the Palm Springs road races oh, with the Porsche Speedster. There's fun. a picture of them. Cute. Um, on March 26th and 27th. And he finished Saturday's novice class um, first and second overall in the main event Ooh. so pretty impressive as like Ooh. a hobbyist that's yeah bad. for sure mm. so may 1955 he did another two races one in bakersfield where he finished third and one in santa barbara where he didn't place because he um blew a piston in the uh, car so the engine like died oh gotcha and he didn't place. that's so scary mm -hmm. so while he was filming for the movie giant which starred um rock hudson and elizabeth taylor okay we've seen it from old time 50s mm. um from the months of june through september warner brothers studio had banned him from any racing competitions because mm, they're like dude dude we can't have you like yeah. fucking your shit up while yeah. we're filming um but he wasn't wasn't deterred and he actually put down a deposit on a lotus mark six i think okay or mark four sports car so this is like a literal like race car oh. this thing has like no no roof on it like the tiniest little windshield uh -huh. um and he entered the salinas road races um that were scheduled for october 1st and 2nd okay but in between this situation he traded that speedster for a 1955 porsche 550 spider and that is this car right here Mm. this one has literally no it's ugly. windshield <laughs> it's ugly it looks like a shaving um like, no, tool. Like, the, the um headlights look like eyes yeah and the little mouth yeah like, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. it's making a little mm. so um in addition to the spider he bought a station wagon to tow it to different events okay so soon after he purchased the porsche spider he asked custom car painter slash pinstripe artist dean jeffries to paint little bastard on the rear of the car nice in addition to the number 130 on the front. Okay. But there's two different stories behind the naming of the card. Oh, okay. So the first one says that allegedly Bill Hickman, who was a friend of James and a stunt driver for Warner Brothers Studios, gave him that nickname while working on sets together. And James would call Bill Big Bastard. Gotcha. So it supposedly came from nicknames. Uh -huh. Or the version that's corroborated by two of um, James's closest friends, Phil Stern and Lou Bracker, claim that Warner Brothers studio president Jack L. Warner had once called Dean a little bastard because he refused to leave the temporary trailer that they had uh -huh. for while he was filming East of Eden. Uh -huh. So he just didn't want to leave. Uh -huh. And so, like, James as, like, payback or, like, kind of like a fuck you, like, right. named the car the little bastard mm. to be like, you know, I don't really care. I'm still going to do whatever I want. Right. Which, like, sexy yeah um such an aquarius such an aquarius <laughs> he just like me he just like real. me for real <laughs> also i looked up your birthday the other day you uh -huh. have you share birthday like a birth date uh -huh. november 14th uh -huh. with a lot of really famous influential people really yeah i you have like manet the artist monet um you have a philosopher too that you share a birthday really? with yeah i was like Ooh, oh what the fuck i'll show, show you later it's really cool i shared a birthday with like this kid in my second grade class and i had to always like share like my treats with him on my birthday it was so annoying his name was byron fuck you byron, fuck you, byron. i hope you're listening <laughs> you know we still don't like you, you. stole my spotlight mm -hmm. my yeah. six-year-old spotlight my six-year-old spotlight mm -hmm. so unfortunately James is rising star would burn out too soon. And on September 30th, 1955, him and his Porsche certified mechanic, Rolf Wetherich, were involved in an accident that would claim the life of the 24 year old actor. 
Ooh. He was so young. He was so twenty-four, 24. and having done all this stuff, oh, wow. like you come from the middle of nowhere. Yeah. You moved to L.A. You moved yeah. back to the middle of nowhere. You yeah. go to New York. You go to fucking L.A. Like, yeah. oh my god, I, I know that's so much life in such a short amount of time. I feel. Um, um, thankfully, our friend Wikipedia provides a map that pinpoints the stops on what would be his last ride. And I have the photo over here. Okay. So we started here, obviously, uh-huh. in Los Angeles, and the red ones are the intended destinations that they didn't make it to. Gotcha. So Dean and Weatherich were originally going to tow the spider on the station wagon, but apparently it hadn't been driven enough miles to qualify for the race. So oh. the mechanic was like, well, why don't we just drive the car? And then the photographer um, that they had with them, Sanford Roth, mm-hmm. and stunt driver Bill Hickman, they were like, oh, well, they can just drive the station wagon like, okay. behind us. Um, so the group stopped for coffee and donuts at Hollywood Ranch Market on Vine Vine Street in Hollywood before leaving at around 1.15 p.m. Mm-hmm. They then stopped for gas at a mobile station on Ventura Boulevard in Sherman Oaks around 2 p.m. Before getting on the freeway headed north through the Grapevine. Okay. Have you been through the yeah. Grapevine? Okay, yeah. So going like towards Bakersfield. At 3.30 p.m., James was stopped by highway patrol in a small town south of Bakersfield for driving 65 in a 55 zone. It's like... <laughs> Be so fucking God, that's real. so petty, dude. But it's it, it's near Bakersfield. They have nothing else to do. Uh, pretty much, yeah. Um, and Hickman um, was in the station wagon. He also got a ticket for excess speed because he was towing the trailer on top of, on the back of that car. Uh, and they were like, you can't be driving that fast. Gotcha. So they were ticketed, and then they headed west on State Route 33, okay. which was known back then as the Racers Road. Mm, um, they were ominous. trying, yeah, right. They were trying to avoid downtown Bakersfield traffic. Um, but there's differing accounts on which road exactly they took. Okay. But eventually they did stop at the town of Blackwell's Corner on State Route 46 to get something to drink. And they met two other racers that were headed to the same to place the same they were. Place. Okay. <clears throat> they met Lance Revent Lowe and Bruce Kessler. And they had agreed to meet for dinner in Paso Robles. Okay. Which has great wine, by the way. Really? Oh, my God. That's like, that's like a good, a good shit. Okay. So at approximately 5.45 p.m., a black and white 1950 Ford Tudor, um, it was like a little sedan type mm-hmm. car, um, was headed east on State Route 46. And this car was driven by 23-year-old Cal Poly student Donald Turnipseed. <laughs> I know, Turnipseed. <laughs> not turn, not Turnseed, Turnipseed. Turnipseed. Yeah. I'm like, that's, a, that's just that's words such like, Yeah, together. that's really two words. That's just, just words strung together. together. Yeah. <laughs> so he was turning left onto State Route 41 when his car crossed the center line of the highway. And... Allegedly, James is said to have recognized the oncoming crash uh-huh. and attempted what's called like a sidestepping maneuver. Uh-huh. Like for it's like the race term for it. I think it's basically like you kind of grab the emergency brake uh-huh. and you're supposed to like drift off to the side, mm-hmm. kind of, to like avoid the car. But there wasn't enough time uh-huh. or space to avoid the gotcha. nearly head-on crash. So a witness to the wreck, Robert John White. Um, reported that Dean's Porsche Spider did two or three cartwheels into the ground Aww. before landing in a ditch on the shoulder off the road. Another witness to the crash was actually a nurse who first tended to James and found a very weak pulse in his neck. Aww. The impact sent the 1950 Ford Tudor sliding 39 feet into the opposite lane. Sliding. Sliding. Not Nothing cartwheeling. Else. Not yeah. cartwheeling. So CHP was called and Captain Ernest Tripke and Corporal Ronald Nelson were called to the crash site. Um, by this time, Bill Hickman and Sanford Roth, the guys that were in the other in the other car, uh-huh. um, had come upon the crash. Oh shit! And this was maybe about ten minutes after it happened. Uh-huh. And Bill Hickman said that he like was actually 
one of the people that helped take James out of the wreck. Like his like friend that he'd worked with for like all these films, which was really sad. That's so fucking um, sad. And they found that his left foot had been smashed between the clutch and the brake. Um, he also had a broken neck <gasps> and obviously extensive internal and yeah, external wow. injuries. Uh, once officers arrived, um, Corporal Nelson saw James being lifted into the ambulance with Wetheridge, who had been thrown from the Porsche, but he was still alive. He oh. was lying kind of in it's, between consciousness. It's always the... Well, no. Because I'm thinking of, like, drunk driving accidents. Like, the driver always survives for some reason. But they were in, like, a literal sports car with, like, what? No windshield or, like, no windshield. No windshield, no roof, yeah. no, no yeah. roll cage. That's, like, that's literally, literally getting nothing. a crash in a convertible like you're gonna get decapitated yeah <laughs> pretty much at best, at best. <laughs> so like i said dean and weatherich were taken to the same um in the same ambulance to pass the robles war memorial hospital about 28 miles away but it was too late unfortunately i was gonna say 28 miles is really far That's so fucking far and this is like this part kind of blows my mind because like the time like i picture this like you try to make like a reenactment you know mm-hmm. in your mind and my brain wants to put it at like nighttime hours but it was no, it was like five it was 6 right? 20 p.m oh yeah when james was pronounced dead on uh, arrival oh, shit. My bad. Oh. um his cause of death was listed as a broken neck multiple fractures of the lower and upper jaw two broken arms and various internal injuries uh-huh. incredibly the mechanic, Wolf Weatherich, mm. survived. That's all. With a I mean, broken not, not. <laughs> with a broken jaw and like a hip and femur fracture that uh-huh. was operated on, but he was he was other than he that. was fine. He lived. Wow, yeah. what a lucky guy. Mm-hmm. And Donald Turnipseed, the driver of the <laughs> this is a I'm fucking sorry. funny name. Fuck that guy. Donald Turnipseed, the driver of the 1950 Ford Scooter, only sustained a bloody nose and some bruises on his face. Jesus Christ! But don't feel too bad for him because he had to hitchhike home in the dark. So I'm like. But that was like normal back then. My dad used to hitchhike home. In like, the dark. yeah, dude. Yeah, too. Must um, be nice being a man. For real. Um, the photographer Sanford H. Roth, who was in the station wagon, like I said, mm-hmm. he took photos of the wreck scene that were later sold to a man named Seita Onishi, a retired Japanese businessman. Which, like, why how, would what, you... I don't know how that ended up. Yeah. At, at, like, with him of all places. Like, pictures of like James Dean's car crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he eventually built a memorial near the crash scene. Oh. Okay. Which I was like, that's, that's, that's cool. kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but the story only starts here, really. Damn. According to actor Alec Guinness in his 1985 autobiography, he claimed that on the night of September 23rd, mm-hmm. 1955, he and um, his actress friend Thelma Moss were leaving a restaurant that was too crowded okay. when they ran into James Dean, who invited them to sit at his table. Okay. During the conversation, he allegedly got really excited and he went outside with Guinness and Moss to show them the new Porsche Spider. Allegedly, Alec Guinness warned James, please never get in it. It is now 10 o'clock, Friday, the 23rd of September. If you get in that car, you'll be found dead by this time next week. The following Friday, September 30th, was the day that James crashed. Oh my god. But why would he say that? That's so random. The fact that he's like, Friday, the 23rd of September. Like. What is he, a fucking psychic? A fucking psychic for real. Um, well, he's a Jedi. So it was in one of the Star Wars movies. Oh. I was like, yeah, I was like, I was like you're not going to know who. I was like, you're not going to know who Alex Guinness is. So. <laughs> Sorry. Like, like, I'm hot. I don't watch Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> I have big toes. I don't watch Star Wars. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sorry about it. So have next, you seen my t- Have you seen these? <laughs> you think I watched Star Wars? You think I watched Star Wars? 
sorry. What's that? She's man. Girls with asses like mine do not talk to men with faces like yours. Yeah. Alright, so this next little bit of info mm-hmm. comes from the website Haggerty.com. So after the accident, the Porsche Spider car was obviously declared a total loss right. by the insurance company. But it ended up in a salvage yard where it was purchased by Dr. William S. Rich, which kind of weird. They have like similar names to the mechanic. Yeah, I was gonna say. Wait, I was I was asking. Yeah, like, that one was, was Wuther- it the same. That guy? one was Wutherich, and this was Esrich. Esrich. Yeah, but like weird, right? Yeah, that is weird. So uh, interesting coincidence. I don't know if uh, the doctor knew whose car it was beforehand, mm-hmm. but anyway, I was gonna say, did he buy it because it's James Dean? Okay, they, we don't know if, if he did know or not. Um. It should be noted that this next little bit of info um, comes from the book Cars of the Stars. Cars of the Stars. Cars of the Stars. Cool. Written by a man named George Barris, who was a very well-known um, auto customizer. Some uh-huh. people really love him. He was, like, the founder of um, Counts Customs, and I think they were based in either, like, Orange County or Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, they ran for, like, a really long time. They've done, like, the Batmobile for, like, the TV Batman series. Oh, cool. like, they've done all kinds of stuff. So he, once he had the car, uh-huh. or once Dr. S. Rich had the car, he stripped it for parts and he installed the engine into his own race car, okay. which was a Lotus 4. And then he loaned, he loaned the transmission and suspension parts to a doctor friend that also raced named Troy McHenry, which I'm like, what, how do you loan a suspension yeah. to somebody? You're like, I'm going to need that back though. I'm going to need that back. Once you, once it, once, yeah. Once. Like after you've used it, like yeah. I want it. What the fuck? That's weird. So in 1956, um, Esridge and McHenry competed in the Pomona sports car races with were both in cars with parts from the Low Bastard. Oh, okay. So Esridge crashed his car, but survived. Okay. McHenry wasn't as lucky. <gasps> he was killed when he crashed and ran the car into a tree. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So silly. Okay. We did that cut thing again. Sorry, guys. Sorry, we had a little We need to have like a little insert music. Yeah. Maybe we should just record that. Okay. That VR. Yeah, let's do that. I'm down. <laughs> you, you have Scat that in. thing. You have that thing on your laptop. Maybe a Mac. We'll fucking we'll make our own our own uh, transition music. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Your call could not be completed. Style. <laughs> Please try again. Oh fuck. Right. Okay. So after the crashes at the Pomona races in 1956. George Barris bought the mangled Porsche from Dr. William S. Rich. Let it go, guys. No, nope, he can't. Especially this guy, because some people like either really love George Barris, uh-huh. and some people think he's like kind of a fraud, and like oh. he's just like trying to sensationalize shit. So that's mm. why I said this. This next whole section comes from him. His from the book. Gotcha. Most of this info. Um, so people are like, is he just trying to make a buck oh, or okay. is he actual, like, did Damn actually it, you should have told me yeah. that after the fact, cause Sorry. now I'm going to be looking at it with like a watchful eye. Yeah. So, well, okay. I mean, I, I, so did I, but I, I still was a little like creeped out. Okay. okay. So, um, so he said he was going to rebuild it, but this time he found it was really a total loss. So he did what anybody would do. Welded some sheet metal over the caved in part of the front left fender and cockpit. And then beat the shit out of the panels with a two by four. So it looked like it was damaged from the accident. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, kind of genius. I'm, I'm not going to lie. Like, you're going to try to save it, realize it's not worth it, and then be like, sorry, I, me, I was hurt. Sorry. I'm just a baby. <laughs> 
<laughs> you could go with a two by four. No, next literally. To I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> you guys, my phone is on Do Not Disturb. Bailey's I have a, popular. I have a, an iPod. <laughs> <laughs> I have an iPod Touch. Um, no, I have an iPhone, and it's like, whatever. I'm right. high. I was. I think my sorry. my edibles are hidden. Oh, mine hit. I fucked up like a couple a couple dates back there, but we're not gonna talk about it. Really? So anyway. <laughs> Nobody's fact checking us. Nobody's fact checking us. <laughs> you fucking better not be, you bastards. Well, as I'm like, well. As you know, like, obviously, I didn't get all this information myself, so you yeah. better not get us for, like, trying to, like, plagiarizing your no. bullshit. No, come on now. Come on, it's Wikipedia. It's Everybody Wikipedia uses that thing. shit. So, after he beat the shit out of the car, he loaned it to the L.A. chapter of the National Safety Council. What? Who paraded it around to car shows, theaters, and bowling alleys from 1957 to 1959. As, like, a thing? Under the name James Dean's Last Sports Car. Oh, my fucking God. That's so cruel and disgusting. Mm-hmm. So allegedly, while on this tour, the little bastard was causing havoc. Ooh. While the car was on display in Sacramento, it supposedly fell from a display or like damaged a display uh-huh. and broke someone's hip. <gasps> oh my God. And it is also said to have fallen on and killed a man named oh. George Barkas, who was responsible responsible, responsible. Uh, responsible for transporting the car to different like safety expos. Oh shit. So. Well, once it was done with its little tour of America mm. in March 1959, it was placed in storage in Fresno. Okay. While in storage, Ooh. the car spontaneously combusted and caught fire. <laughs> well, ain't that a trick? Ain't that a bitch. <laughs> but the only damage sustained to the car was two melted tires and some singed paint. What? Even spookier. What is this, a fucking transformer? Even spookier, the fire did not spread to any other cars in the storage garage. Okay, spontaneous human combustion, like literally. You, he literally combusted. After the fire, it was taken on a tour of the states once again. Okay. And the legend is that while en route from Miami to LA, this time in a sealed boxcar, because it fucking killed the guy that was transporting it, uh-huh. the little bastard disappeared entirely. What? And has never been seen again. Are you fucking serious? That's how the story ends? Well, I have a little, oh, okay. little, little bit of info. In 2005, this part is from CNN.com. In 2005, on the 50th anniversary of James's death, the Volo Auto Museum in Volo, Illinois, offered to pay $1 million to whoever currently owned the car. Really? That same year, they also hosted an exhibit containing artifacts from the crash site, which purportedly included the passenger side door of the Porsche. Ooh. No one came forth to claim the price. No? Nope. As of 2020. Well, and that's kind of cheap. Like, if you really want this, bitch, you're going to pay a little bit more than $1 million. I mean, yeah. $1 million. I, I, yeah. $1 million. Dollars. Um, as of 2023, the Porsche's engine and the original registration uh, paperwork with the engine number on it uh-huh. is still in the possession of Dr. William S. Rich's family. Okay. The Porsche's transaxle parts are owned by collector and restorer Jack Stiles in Massachusetts. But to date, the whereabouts of the Porsche Spider and the Super, the super Speedster remain unknown. Hmm. That's weird. I wonder who's, like, hoarding onto it. Mm-hmm. And I had a little tidbit of info that I was going to put in the middle but uh-huh. i kind of decided to leave it for the end because okay. it makes a little bit more sense um obviously i think that like it obviously the fact that the car belonged to james dean like it was i think at the time and i think you still see it now is like people want to be closer to their idols or people right. that they like admire so people are willing to buy you know pieces of the car that it came from or, yeah. be, or photos from the crash scene or whatever um for example if you've ever heard of the Dearly Departed Tours in LA, oh, yeah. their website, findadeath.com, has a web store where you can purchase, quote, tragical artifacts 
that are allegedly literal pieces of celebrity homes or death cars, including pieces from the fireplace of 10050 Cielo Drive, which is the site of the Manson murders, as well as pieces of the now demolished gas station where James stopped at in Sherman Oaks on his way to the races. If you would like to buy one for the low, low price of $39.99, you can also do so. I I thought you were going to give me like some ludicrous number. Nope. No. They have... I don't believe that. Sorry. No, no. I, I don't either. You're giving um, me a piece of like a curb. This guy's giving me a random rock yeah. and charging me 60 bucks for it. I know Brock, from... Brock, when we were in um a place, um, a place. he bought, he bought <laughs> a that. necklace with a rock on it, but it was like um a rock from like this like certain volcano. And I was like, there's no fucking way. They took a rock from the concrete, like asphalt out in the parking lot and fucking coated that shit and said, this is a rock from the volcano mother. <laughs> I was like, there's no way. Those are white people selling that to you, babe. Like, like, be so fucking If you want to see a couple of the things that they have. Oh, well. Um, You're not selling that shit for $49.99. Be so fucking for real. A rock? I don't even pay that much for my crystals. Part of the... Paul Walker Scorched Tree. $74.99. Wow. Wow. Yeah. And you can also buy a piece of the grassy knoll. But it could just be grass. Yeah, literally. <laughs> I'm like, let's get it. <laughs> I knew you, I was like, I have to fucking tell you about that one. You'd be like, wait, I would buy that. <laughs> I would buy that. For the pod love. <laughs> pod love. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. You guys, we got too high. We're scared. Math and like physics we? is scaring us. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, you're acting scared right now. Your, your enthusiasm about the uneven coaster was was really really palpable to me. Just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. <laughs> oh my fucking god! I don't have the receipt for these. We can't recover them. So they're so cute though. I would they're, never they're want so to. Cute. I would absolutely <laughs> never want to. Oh, um, if you follow us on Instagram, you would have seen that Nini bought us uh, cute little mushroom sure. coasters. So, uh, you guys also missed. Um, Bailey revealing to me that she's never seen Back to the Future. I have no fucking interest. Just like Star Wars. Have you seen my titties? Like, I will you not. You watched Lord of the Rings! Okay. Like, that's... Lord of the Rings is so superior to both Harry Potter and Star Wars. I've seen all of Harry Potter's, and we don't like Harry Potter now just because of J.K. Rowling. Fuck that transphobe, turf-ass bitch. Mm-hmm. But Star Wars... you guys i'm being so fucking like funny right now because i don't really mean that you guys know that i'm joking and scene i feel like that should be the title of the episode have you seen my teeth have you seen my boobs i haven't watched star wars (laughs) or i haven't watched star wars have you seen my boobs (laughs) 100 100 fucking percent okay guys guess what it is it's time for Conspiracy, conspiracy Corner. corner. Okay. Like a little, like, like the reading yes. rainbow type mm-hmm. font. Yeah, but I want, like, square. sparkles at the end. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, So let's get into it. Have oh. you ever heard of a thing called predictive programming? No. No? Okay. Um, It's actually a recurring element across a lot of conspiracy theories. So let me 
define oh, it for you. Okay. So okay. Uh, predictive programming claims that the government or like whatever group of elites is kind of in charge um, are using fictional movies, television shows, and books as a mass mind control tool to make the population more accepting of future planned events. Hmm. So. Interesting. Yes. This idea originates in what's called conspiracist pareidolia. Okay. Um, and pareidolia is the phenomenon of recognizing patterns, shapes, and familiar objects in like a vague and random stimulus, basically. Okay. Um, it's a result of your brain. Your brain. <laughs> oh, Blaine, that was my ex-boyfriend in fifth grade. Oh my god. <laughs> He's a firefighter now. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's the result of your brain trying to make sense of input that really has no sense to find it. Okay. Gotcha. This is seen often in ink blot tests, mm-hmm. which are like the random splatters of ink. And, and they suggest different images to like different people, mm-hmm. but also in cases of people seeing visions, ghosts, and other likenesses in what are actually just random patterns that happen to look like those things. Gotcha. Right. Okay. okay. Here's the thing, though. That, like, chunk came from this place called Rational Wiki. So it's like Wiki Wikipedia, basically. Okay. It was called Rational Wiki, and it okay. kind of debunks everything. Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Um, which I do and don't agree with, right? Because I do know a lot of religious beliefs and mythos in, generous, like, in general um, come from making sense of things that we don't understand. Mm-hmm. But I do believe in the paranormal, so it's like... I wouldn't say seeing a full-fledged apparition is just, like, a pattern, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's, like, yes and no. Like, Mm -hmm. I get where you're coming from. Like, that is a very, like, literal terminology for this. But at the same time, it's, like, there's things beyond our understanding and our knowing Mm -hmm. that it's, like, you can't just black and white everything. Mm -hmm. So, pareidolia is actually a large part of the recurring discussion of representation in art. So I actually have this piece called Ooh. Predictive Programming here. Mm-hmm. And I want you to tell me what you see. Okay. Okay. Um, nah. Well, there's the Homer Simpson stuff. Okay, okay. So, awesome. I, I'm like, wait, so you what? See I was like, it's like a city. It's like, wait. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, okay. that's Homer Simpson. That's Homer Simpson. Gotcha. Um, I'll be posting these. Don't worry, guys. Um, that was cool. Yeah. I like that. So people who believe in this theory are mostly conspiracy theorists who hypothesize like two different theories, right? Mm-hmm. Um, one that there will be a totalitarian government takeover, mm-hmm. which like mm, isn't so hard to believe anymore. Mm, yeah. Um, and use the Hunger Games as a prime example. Okay. Gotcha. And then there's also theorists who believe tragic events are what one would call an inside job or completely fake. Mm, mm-hmm. mm. Okay, and they okay. use that theory um david ick a conspiracy theorist who we've talked about before mm-hmm. um he proposed that the sandy hook shooting was predicted in the dark knight rises the 20 uh the 2008 batman movie because sandy hook is shown on the map in one of the scenes <sighs> yeah mm. yeah that's a it's a reach reach yeah yeah um okay so getting back into it yes. um dude moscow mules make me burpee yeah it's the it's the ginger beer ginger. Yeah. so some conspiracy theorists claim that the shooting was a hoax mm-hmm. and a false flag operation staged by the united states governments 
Mm-hmm. Um, a false flag operation is actually what conspirators um, define as like a hostile or harmful action, like a, an attack, mm-hmm. obviously, um, that is designed to look like it was perpetrated by someone other than the person or group responsible for it. Mm-hmm. So like pinning it on like your opponent okay. or your mm-hmm. rival or whatever you want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll get back to that. Mm-hmm. So um, back to Sandy Hook. Others say the attack is being used by politicians to push through new gun control legislation or to otherwise persecute gun owners and survivalists. Yeah. No, No, please listen to this. Lawyer and dentist, Orly Tates. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like oily. I'm saying, I sound like an Australian. Orly Tates. Orly Tates. That's what I hear. No, literally. Oily tits. Listen to what she says, bro. She says she's best known for her promotion of Barack Obama's citizenship conspiracy theories. I know, babe. It's so old. It's old news. Go fuck oh yourself. My God. Um, so she or Oily Tits was quoted as asking, quote, was Adam Lanza, the shooter of Sandy uh-huh. Hook, drugged and hypnotized by his handlers to make him into a killing machine as an excuse for the regime who's itching to take all means of self-defense from the populace before the economic collapse? Babe, he's not Unquote. the Venturian candidate. Okay, relax. <sighs> Like, like he's, not, he's not he's not the winter soldier okay like come on dude jesus christ he's not the soldier. he was by his handlers like like be so fucking fuck for up, real this dude. isn't josie and the pussycats bro yeah. like be so fucking for real i hope i hope you got that reference right okay um there's a lot of conjecture from conspiracy theorists especially like you know QAnon type alt-right conspiracy theorists who believe in this Sandy Hook being fake and also like a proponent of um, predictive programming. Mm -hmm. Um, So the contradiction arises when thinking about why the government would want to warn us or prepare us for Sandy Hook, right? Mm -hmm. Because the whole point of Sandy Hook conspiracies is to doubt the event even happened. Mm -hmm. um, So the government could create a conversation about gun control. So it's like this would defeat the purpose of staging it if if the government was trying to ensure like little to no resistance like kind of like a mm-hmm. um small or inexistent re- response from like society mm-hmm. like you know so while i was looking into more information on the motives behind the government participating in predictive programming um i also found that most commonly people believe the government creates the problem so the population will look to the government for the solution like there are protectors it's like well what are you going to do about this because obviously us as the one individual citizen can't do anything yeah so um going back to the false flag operations which again is defined as a hostile or harmful action such mm-hmm. as an attack that is designed to look like it was perpetrated by someone other than the person actually doing it mm-hmm. so the biggest example of this being the 9-11 attacks on the twin towers mm-hmm. because many conspiracy theorists suggest that it was an inside job as kind of a way for the u.s to initiate war on iraq mm-hmm. um because obviously like the government needs supports from its citizens mm-hmm. to engage, engage in war. yeah, yeah. So researcher Alan Watt, along with many others, believed a desired outcome is created through the power of suggestion in media. Hmm. 
Um, this theory is actually still very popular today just because any huge event can be seemingly traced back to a cartoon or movie that was fortunate enough to predict it. So a huge proponent of this theory is seen in the cartoon, The, the Simpsons, Simpsons, yeah, yes. oh um, which has predicted many events that have happened in recent history. Uh-huh. Uh, the Simpsons are credited with predicting 9-11, the Ebola virus, Trump's presidency, and many others. Yeah. Um, in a particular episode, Lisa is seen holding a magazine that advertises it for $9, um, bus fares to New York City, but the price is placed by a silhouette of the Twin Towers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, so. I've seen that. Yeah, so there you go. Yep. New York, literally 9-11, and it's the Twin Towers oh, of the 11. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, not a great start <laughs> um another authentic image which i couldn't find this one um shows marge simpson holding a fictional yellow book entitled curious george gets the ebola virus um this frame in question belongs to episode three of season nine entitled lisa's axe or lisa's sax oh, sorry axe. oh my god <laughs> Um, so this episode actually aired in 1997, but this is not evidence that the show predicted the Ebola outbreaks because the Ebola outbreaks came, um, like predicting the 2000s Ebola yeah. outbreaks because Ebola out, um, virus first appeared in 1976. Gotcha. So okay. it was already a thing. Mm-hmm. So another example of this is in Morgan Robertson's book, Futility. Have you ever heard of it? No. No. Okay. He wrote Futility in 1898 oh. and it's about a ship um, called the Titan, which is weird because it's a oh! um, that hits an iceberg on its voyage. 14 mm. years later, the Titanic sank after hitting an iceberg on its voyage. Mm. Yes, 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 um, yes. But yes. if you want to hear more about the Titanic and it possibly being a planned event for insurance fraud, check out our episode, Fully Etu and Submechanophobia. So yes. you're welcome. You're welcome. So that's another example. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a clip of an episode on the show. Family Guy, if you've ever heard of it. Oh, of course. Um, showing Peter Griffin, the dad, setting off a bomb at the Boston Marathon. Making it seem like it predicted the Boston Marathon bombings before it happened. Oh. I that would be that. extremely suspicious if the clip was real. Ah. Uh, because the prediction was just two completely different clips from the episode Turban Cowboy put together. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> Peter Griffin. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Seth MacFarlane. For fucking real. Um... It was edited by someone else and was not in the actual episode. Gotcha. Peter did go to the Boston Marathon and he set off a bomb with his phone destroying the fictional Quahog. Quahog? Quahog. Quahog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the bridge. The fucking bridge. <laughs> the bridge of the town that they live in. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, fuck. Um, the episode was actually pulled. Oh, shit. Yeah, due to that person's yeah, gotcha. editing. Um, so my last example is a really strange one in Johnny Bravo. Oh. Yes. It's called Chain Gang Johnny, and it was aired April 27th, 2001. Okay. Right. Johnny is arguing with another character, and in the background, you can see a poster, like, they're, like, at the movies, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> and on it, the wall of a skyscraper on fire with the words, coming soon, on top of it. Oh! This episode was released, like, literally a few months before 9-11. Just look at it. That one's spooky. <gasps> ah, I dropped my phone. 
But it's like actually scary. That one, yeah, that one's. That I'm one's sorry, the bit. Simpsons one is fucking insane, but this one is too. Yeah, that I hadn't. I hadn't seen. Yeah. Ooh, spooky. So, um, that's pretty much it that I could find. Like, really, um, I was super excited. I was telling Nini that I was super excited to to do this just because it was something that I didn't really know about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I love learning like new conspiracies genuinely, but it was like kind of like a, a weird topic to approach just because I know it's like a very sensitive topic. So I hope I approached it, you know, um, as best as I could. I just wanted to say that like, I think, and I want this to be like an open discussion, mm-hmm. um, that conspiracy theorists mainly latch onto this idea because they already have like a sense of disdain towards the government. Mm-hmm. Um, and beliefs like of long held deceit within the higher ups or like the group of elitists mm-hmm. and whatever. So I think like these factors play into the predictive programming because it's like obviously if certain things happen as co- coincidences, um, you're going to believe like, oh, it's the government mm-hmm. because they control Hollywood. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just easy to just kind of like lose yourself in a theory like this. Um, especially when you do start finding you know these these quote-unquote like you know proof actually yeah, actual evidence proof. yeah and that's the that's the thing that like every conspirator is after is like the truth they're trying to exactly. they're trying to find it and it's like in do finding your, that what's like, that QAnon thing do your own research do your own because research. they're hiding it from you yeah mm-hmm. do mm. your own research and it's like uh that mm, yeah mm, yeah i don't know i have a of course like you know 9-11 too is like a very kind of hot topic oh 100 percent. that's what i'm saying like i literally sandy hook and 9 11 like i shot myself in the foot there but like it has to be talked about yeah no but my thing like what i was gonna say is like it's um it's interesting that like or at least i feel some kind of way about Mm. like those theories you know or like events like that or i remain even particularly sandy hook like Mm -hmm. you know like i was on my way to school when like that news was breaking Mm -hmm. like here in town i was we were in high school and it was just like you i feel like at the sometimes the this like the correct answer is like the simplest one or the easiest explanation is right. the simplest one like mm. no somebody that was like very unwell due to a lot of circumstances mm. in their life like went and like, and did and did this you know horrible horrible act, terrible thing but like you know and of course in trying to find a way to explain that of course you start thinking like oh no there has to be something else like yeah. there has to be yeah you know some sort of like explanation and then, yeah. and then you start feeding into it like no matter how far-fetched 100%. that is and then you start getting into like pizzagate and then you start getting yeah. into like all this all this other stuff and it's just kind of like when does the when does the search for the truth become like too much too much for you yeah you know well i mean mm. look at that like who that one lady that was shot at the Capitol. yeah like at the insurrection and everybody's like oh like she died like a hero she blah, 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 she blah. died a like, martyr yeah i'm like no. no like she was she did the same thing that we we're just talking about you know she went down the rabbit hole she did her own research exactly. and in that in you know in doing your quote-unquote own research you find one grain of truth in between sacks and sacks of bullshit yeah but then eventually you start believing those sacks and sacks of bullshit because you can't find anything else that you know makes sense yeah and i'm like that's i don't know that's 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 a hard one that's a heavy heavy one yeah i like it because it invites a lot of a lot of discussion cool and if you know how to like do it well then you know and i think you presented everything really well so i i don't think you know you have anything to worry about cool 
in terms of like a I hope you guys feel the same yes. if I have anything to work on please let me know nicely I will cry yes nicely um, <laughs> creative criticism sandwich creative criticism sandwich, sandwich. please yes, yes. Um, but yeah, that was it, guys. That was good. That was good. Yeah. That was a good episode. That, that was thought provoking. Yes, yeah. it really was. Yeah. I like um, <laughs> I, like it. I, I hope like you guys it. have like. I hope you guys are actually listening to the content because I feel like we've invited a lot of discussion like before. Yeah. And you guys are just like, Meh, whatever. Like, no, bitch. I want to know what you guys think. It would be. I mean, it's on the. It's on the Spotify. What yeah. did you think of the episode? Like, for real, tell. Let us know. Let us know. Thought of the episode because we've gotten Thoughts, like comments, concerns. We've gotten some feedback, but mostly like you know from people that we know or like yeah. we interact with in person. So you know, but it would it would mean a lot if you know you're actually listening and you're like, oh, well, I love like everything except except blah this. blah blah. Yeah. Like you know, any anything like that. Or so email us, DM us, fucking tweet us, follow us, duh. Follow uh, the streaming services where you listen to the podcast. Yes, like, please, 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 because we're getting good listens. We're just not getting those follows. Follow and those. we were discussing that because we were like, dude, like we do the same thing. So that's why we're understanding, but also stern. Yes, stern. stern. Exactly. Yeah, tough but fair. <laughs> tough but tough fair. fair. Okay, cool, guys. So follow um, us on Instagram. On a grassy knoll. Follow us on Twitter. OAGK podcast. Send us an email if you're feeling spicy. OAGK Redux, R E D U X, at gmail.com. And TikTok. TikTok. On a grassy knoll as well. On a grassy knoll as well. Um, follow us on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Music, Apple, uh, Amazon. Amazon. Um, <laughs> brain empty. There's no thoughts. One. There's another one in there somewhere. But yeah, please. Yeah, cool. Uh, listen to the back episodes, like we said. They're, they're fucking funny. We're only getting better. Um, yeah, and if not, I'm going to fight you guys. Cool. So, love you. Peace Peanut. and love. <laughs>